on earth is that? It's a journey in the comics network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather, Nate Phillips. The podmaster, Brandon Stone. And the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the chibi chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Today it is Journey into Comics 248. I am your host, the Pod Father Nate. Today, joining me once again, you know him and love him as the Pod Master. Welcome back to the show, Brando. You know, since the last time we got together, I'm pretty sure it has, um, we've had a big game, uh, with. Was there snow on the ground last time we got together? Was that was that just happening? I think it. Bro, I can't actually. Either it had just happened or it was just about to happen. But maybe, yeah. that blizzard was a coming, and there were two blizzards that come. <laughs> um. Well, the see the second one wasn't as bad for us. They were like it was slick, like it was icy, but no work was canceled. Even my kid's school wasn't canceled. There was like other a lot of other schools around. There wasn't even a two hour delay to let the ice melt, uh, which was very shocking because there's a lot of kids who walk to school, especially especially to my kid's school, and as well as like county roads were kind of crappy too. But we kept him home that day. You know, he hasn't missed too much school. And uh, the only amount of days that he's missed has been covered because of everything kind of going on. Um, that's all uh, medically cleared, I guess, would, would, be, would be the words. However, you know, we just kept him home. That way, she, uh, you know, the wife didn't have to get out in all the slickiness and, and scrape all the ice off her car because I didn't have enough time to do it because it took me long enough to scrape the ice off of my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I could then risk my life going into a work and get paid and get money. You know, that is something that I think those of us who are just working, we don't really think about the the things that we go to to get to work, to get to the job, to do the work, to get paid to do, at times can be life-risking. Nah, I don't let that happen anymore, Brando. And I told my job that, too. I was like, listen, y'all know and understand. Because, okay, so backtrack a little bit. When I had the COVIDs, I don't know if I said that on the show, but that did happen over Christmas. I only caught COVIDs and it was not fun. Um, but in that time, I had a couple of my work colleagues uh, come and deliver us some goods so we would survive COVID and not, you know, commit murder for being stuck in a house with each other. Um, and uh, both of them were like, man, you live so 
fucking far away. What is going on? And I was like, yeah, like it's a 48 minute drive one way every day. Like I get it. Like it's cool, but it's worth it. This job is so worth it, you know? And, um, so, so now, you know, uh, we're sitting here and, um, I, I told my job, I was like, look, man, I live so far away that if it ever gets the weather's going to be super crazy or super dangerous or my life is ever supposedly possibly going to be absolutely at risk. I ain't going to be there. Sorry. Just Bob, just being real with you. And so when the blizzard came, I was obviously trapped here. That made sense. A bunch of people were trapped at their house. Even people that lived close to my job were trapped in their homes. So that, okay, whatever. This time I didn't get stuck at home and not be able to get to work, but I was afraid I was going to get stuck at work and not get to come home because of how bad things were getting. So I got out of Dodge a little bit early, but I kind of put myself at like the absolute worst time to drive as far as like what was happening outside. And bro, I'm telling you, like I told him, I was like, serious, I'm serious. If, if shit's going to pop off like that ever, I'm not, I can't. Because I only got me and my family's only got me and I can't be replaced because they're not going to wait 35 years for another me to happen as on the same level as me. It's a long process. You know, lots of mistakes were made in the making of this movie <laughs> film. You know, it's a flawed system, but it works. Just trust the process, you know. Uh, but so like it's all about like, you know, self-preservation. Unfortunately, I, I do not work at a place that where I have that kind of power to be able to do that. That is true. Say that and get away with it. I can still make that choice, but that's a choice that I have made. Uh, but, but you know what? We survived. We're through it. Uh, it's going to be 60 degrees on Wednesday where I'm at. Uh, it's 47 degrees today here. Uh, today it's a little bit cooler. I, I think it's going to get up, up to like almost 40 here. Uh, maybe a little global higher. warming's not real though. Uh, no, not at all. But but then we're getting more snow this week. I guess. Uh, Shut up. Up to like three inches. So like, it, and it's hilarious because all of, all of December, I, I said this feels just like a very sad November. <laughs> like it's it just seemed like it was November extended. The November got picked up for an extra season on Netflix. You know, <laughs> cold November rain deluxe edition. Yeah, you know, it, it, it like it's, it has a bonus days, bonus weeks. There was no snow on the ground for Christmas. It wasn't even that cold on Christmas. I think it was like forty degrees on like like, like Christmas Day. You could go outside and play football yeah. if you wanted. Yeah, and you know it's crazy. This I was I was thinking about this is a little like uh you know thinking about jokes and comedy and things like that. It's like, if I ever did stand up here, something I would honestly say, cause it's real shit. Like you can't tell me global warming is not real or if, or if, if someone does tell you global warming is not, just smack them. And here's how you can tell them personally, this story for me. Cause I saw it with my own eyes. It's not fake news. One day there was so much fucking snow on the ground, like seven inches still. And then over the course of two days, all that melted. Okay. And there was no snow. And I was like, yay, no snow. And the very next day, another like five and a half inches happened. Okay. Global warming is fucking real. And it is just like consistently in penetration mode, just like, <laughs> oh, no, you know, like, 
it just keeps coming and coming and coming and digging a little deeper and you think it's done and it just jabs one more time. It's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, and fucking what are we supposed to do this year, Brando? How do we predict how long winter is going to be when Poxitani Phil is dead? And he died right before he was supposed to tell everybody what's up. What a shitty thing. Like, oh, you have one job a year. One job a whole year. And the day before you go into your job, you croak. That would be some bullshit. Like, oh. now everybody's like, well, the next one can't be Puxatani Phil. Because, I mean... Unless they do like a Groundhog's Day thing. That's a joke because, you know, it just keeps repeating the cycle. But I digress. Anyways, Brando, let's get back to it. <laughs> yeah, so we survived uh, Snowpocalypse 2022. You know, uh, I want to say like it was a few years ago, uh, 2015. I think we, we had, had a pretty big one. Um, a Snowpocalypse that we covered here on the show. And uh, Captain Man and the Snowy Threesome. It's <laughs> Captain Man, yeah. That's a throwback uh, to the way back in the archives. If those, are, if that's even still available on your podcast service, if not, click up the YouTube's go or back. go to the dot com if you can, because yeah. it should possibly still be there. Yep, uh, Nate did a really good job of archiving all that kind of stuff there, and and uh, you get to hear our young, inexperienced, and <laughs> naive voices from 2015. That it, we've done a lot of growing up since then. I mean, it has been a good seven years since then. I'm not the same dude that I was before. The world is not the same dude it was before. Hell no. <laughs> and we, we've had to, it's almost kind of like, uh, that this is going to be a bad joke. So do like, this is something that I saw like last week, uh, this news article, uh, article videos, something happened like quite a few years ago, like 2009, where this like, Ten year, nine, ten year old kid got charged with the murder of a soon to be stepmom and their like an unborn baby. Jesus. And like, wait, uh, and there? No, no, the no, kid no, no, and no, the stepmom. His dad. Oh, 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 oh. And okay, okay, stepmom, okay, okay. Uh, they were together, and and they and, and they got pregnant, and they they were already living together, and they were going to get married, and then uh, his kid. The nine or ten year old got charged with the murder of the soon to be stepmom, despite any real evidence to say that he did it. Okay. The the police showed up three a.m. the next morning to arrest the child and take him and put him in solitary suicide watch confinement. In other words, he had to grow up real fast. You, whoa, but yes, but whoa. Um, this story does have a, I guess, a happy ending. He was exonerated by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And How many years later? He was 20. Can you imagine, though? 18 listen, 20, yeah. listen, 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 listen. We're diverting today, Brando. You know, we, we said, hey, we don't have a whole lot to talk about. But we do have a lot to talk about because, you know, we don't often get to talk about is world shit, real shit. And I know we're journeying to comics. Comics is fun and fine and things like that. Look at all the fun shit behind me if you're if you're wanting to get lost in the sauce of the comics because it's all behind us, you know. But um, in the real world shit, our justice system is so fatally flawed. A nine or ten year old boy 
is going to now be permanently life traumatized from spending a half of his life, a decade of his existence behind bars for something he didn't do. And it took them 10 years to figure that the fuck out. Come on, man. We should be at minority report level quality of solving crimes in 2022. We have forensics. We have technology. Take your fucking time and figure it out. The problem is, and I've noticed this, I've noticed this because of some videos I've been watching, and we may or may not get into that later, but cops are lazy and do not want to do their job, their actual job of like, hey, I have a case and I have to see it through now. I have paperwork and all these things and searching for evidence and clues and blah, 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 blah. It's all like, hey, I showed up. Yes, I got that arrest on that fucking guy with 0.10 grams of marijuana in his back pocket. Now he will go to life pr pr prison for life. And then like he just passes the buck when it's a real case and they got real drama to solve. Oftentimes cops are just too afraid and they run away from trying to be like brave about it i think and 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 again the justice system taking so long in any 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 instance there's so much bureaucracy of let's hear their side of the story and then let's hear their side of the story and let's have all these people decide if those two sides of the stories match it's not about the fucking story it's about the evidence scientists and fucking really 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 highly intelligent like mesa level intelligent people should just be the criminal justice system solving crimes. Does this match this? Does this match this? Do the things seem like they work? This person should go to jail. It seems crazy to me that like example is when OJ Simpson was on trial and everyone knew he fucking did it. He's even now admitted that he did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I did it is a book because he's saying like, hey, ha, can't get me now because double jeopardy is the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And you had a I remember because it was like the first major thing in my life I like really 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 remember but like there was the you know mob of consensus of people cancel culture back then as as it were but in a different state all saying he did it he did it he did it he did it and you know his team created this like concept of the glove doesn't fit we must acquit and all that jazz and all these different narratives and got him off and that's the criminal justice system failing on a major scale in front of the public, but it, it failed this little boy. So when you say that, it's just like, damn. But then the dichotomy is where you are going with that. The beauty of growing up real fast sometimes and having to think on your feet and figure it out and evolve for survival purposes. Yeah. Like I, we, 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 we tangented so hard just for me to say that in the last few years, we've had to kind of remove the wool from our eyes and see the world for what it is. And those of us who are in our thirties, uh, maybe even a little older who've kind of lived in a world of, you know, yeah, it's crazy out there. Like, you know, I saw something that said, uh, here recently, it's like, you know, for China to be outdoing the United States economically is one thing, but for Canada to try to create, take our crazy crown, that's an act of war. How dare you? Yeah. What's, what's going on up in the, to the, I see there's like some, some brigade or block it blockade or there. Yeah, yeah. There was some sort of uh Bridgerton or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. There, like there was a protest about truckers having to get the COVID vaccine. 
be a mandate and uh, it, it, like it affected a lot of businesses including the auto industry um, because they cut off a major bridge and a, a large percentage of, of traffic going to and from Canada and, and the United States as far as uh, parts and um, steel and all this kind of stuff so like a lot of like the, like there were some auto factories that shut down so or it disrupted production of certain models um, I don't know if that's affected where I work but uh, we have been you know I mean the auto industry is suffering in in general due to parts shortage uh, in terms of technologically also in terms of with the Omicron surge that we just had uh, keeping staffing for not just us but our suppliers because our suppliers have people we think about it if, if you own an auto company production plant so let's just say take uh toyota for example they have quite a they have quite a few or a gm or ford and and, and you have uh, you have one or two factories or one think about how many other factories that place keeps in business by needing those other factories to produce the things that they need to produce the thing <laughs> and that's a lot whether you're talking about uh, uh metal whether you're talking about uh, uh paint sealer electronics seats uh, uh transmissions sometimes. microchips yeah it, some of that stuff is made in house a lot of it is farmed out and uh, windshields uh, tires it, think about all those things that then if the tire factory or tire place if they all of a sudden have a bad week or two or a tire fire or a tire fire we've got you we we've seen one of those in our lifetime you know um, still see those memories crop up every single year yep. because, because because that was something to behold. But no, it just, it, it happens. And we, we are recovering. It, it is slow. It's not going to get better overnight. And we have to try to make the best of it. And we've had to kind of grow up. We've had to face. Did you see the thing that I shared to the group chat? about how uh, uh, I haven't I haven't validated this I haven't actually done the research to see if it's really true but scientists have created a way to harness our stress into energy interesting it's like a it, it shows like a bracelet okay and, and it's like kind of like how you have your like your Apple or or you know Galaxy watch and it can like uh, detail your heart rate and, and tell your stress level well it, somehow they found a way to be able to translate our stress level into energy and I shared it to the group chat saying, guys, we've solved the world's energy crisis because literally every single person of working age in the last couple of years at some point or another has had the world crumble down on them and face stress levels to the kind of levels we haven't had in a long, long time, especially Absolutely. within our lifetime, maybe even since our parents' lifetime. It's different. It hits different. <clears throat> there's been inflation. There's been wars. There's been all sorts of things. There's been 9-11. Nothing has ever hit the world economically quite like the pandemic has. And it's something that we are going to be talking about the recovery of for at least a couple of more years before we even start to feel normal. I feel like if they really want to uh, enact some recovery and, you know, maybe this is just happy thinking, but. They did it once. I don't see why they can't again. They need to consider another stimulus for everybody because people are still hurting and trying to catch up on being caught up. And here's the thing that they haven't even considered. You know, it, it, it's one thing or whatever to uh, to deal with COVID on an outside scale of like, hey, 
I've got workers who are sick because of it, or, Hey, I can't go to this place. They shut down because they had too many workers who were this Mm -hmm. or whatever. And when it comes in house, then the other thoughts like, Hey, how do I feed my family? And you had a bunch of people. We had a massive surge, a massive surge. The United States government could have done something like, Hey, listen, if you have a positive PCR test, send it to us and we'll give you X amount of dollars to get you through your time quarantined regardless of what your job will or will not cover. Cause some jobs were really great about that. You know, ultimately you want economic growth. You have to stimulate the economy properly and not just give it to the Warren Buffett's and the Bill Gates's and all that, you know um, you know, maybe, you know, there's some council in five years that says, listen, when Bill Gates and Warren Buffett die, we're going to come in and swoop in and take all their money and redistribute it to the world so we can end poverty. It's possible. That's actually a genuine possibility. That's how much money those guys have. So it's like there are ways for our world to flourish and they just haven't they haven't solved it, bro. And it sucks. The big issue with another stimulus is that inflation is completely out of control. And uh, to do another round right now would be uh, harmful to that, trying to control it. And it could inflation cause- is made up. Well, okay. It, 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 <laughs> as know. far as, as as far as economics, as far as the companies taking advantage of it, yes, it is. However, inflation does still exist, and the the sheer fact is is that we don't keep up with it enough. And Not we have never been keeping up with it. No. Even in our parents' lifetime, they've no. never kept up with it. No. Uh, and you know, I mean, we can, we don't have the time to go into it, but minimum wage is supposed to raise with inflation and never has. So, so there's that, uh, ever since citizens United, we have not kept up with inflation. We have not done right by the workers. We've done right by the people who own the companies who hire the workers. Whole other conversation there. Capitalist America fucking sucks. Next time on Poor Rapport. So yeah, so well, so, so you're not going to see another stimulus right now because if they if they put one out, it would cause a f- more chaos. And right now, there's more, there's there's enough chaos in the world right now without that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so um, it's almost Brando as if I feel like, and maybe you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there was a giant glass pane that was the universe. Okay. Like a perfectly, you know, like a brand new, fresh cut piece of glass. It's crispy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 2015 or 2016, whenever the Cubs started rumbling and really vibrating the universe <laughs> in a different way than there's ever been vibrated before. When they won, they broke the universe. They literally shattered that glass. And now we are kind of floating out in one of the different multiverses. And we're not even in the original universe anymore, bro. We have to. I think that's why Mandela effect is a thing that people are recognizing in this era. Um, it's not mis- mass misremembering. I think that's absolute utter horseshit. Uh, I know because I'm a very, very calculated person. Bernstein Bears is something I read as a kid. There was no fucking A in the end of that name. So here we are. But I digress. We've entered the multiverse of madness. We are here in the multiverse of madness. And. If you were watching the Super Bowl, you got one of the dopest fucking most shocking trailers to come out of a Super Bowl in a long, long time. Now, here's the weird thing. They did do like the little quick thing where they gave you like a 30 second. Marvel's like, listen, we want everybody to watch the trailer and really pay attention. And if it's the Super Bowl, 
They're not going to be paying attention. We're also not going to pay. What is it like for 30 seconds? It's a million dollars or something crazy like that. So that would be for like three minute trailer. You're spending decent chunk of change there. Marvel's like, yeah, not worth it. So they did a little teaser thing. Watch the full trailer online now. And the Internet broke. It, it just fucking broke, Brando. Like, I don't even I don't um just right out the gate. I'm just curious because I don't think we really super discussed it. We've said a few little like ancillary outside things to each other. What did you think? I liked it. And the trailer revealed more than what I was expecting it to. We already knew that what if was involved. Strange Supreme or from the strange from what if appeared in the last trailer. We've also now seen a zombie version of in zombie Wanda. So what if is definitely a play? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's great. That's fun. That's grand. That's wonderful. Um, This trailer is packed with a lot of different things. It's essentially, you know, in the first Doctor Strange movie, Baron Mordo says one line that I love. The bill comes due. You know, it always comes due, Strange. You're always going to pay up eventually. And in that first movie, Strange ignored him about, like, you know, breaking the rules of time. Strange did it anyways, broke the rules of time. Then we get to Infinity War Endgame. He breaks the rules of time. Then we get to fucking No Way Home. And instead of breaking the rules of time, he's like, fuck it, break the rules of space too. What else can go wrong? And at that point, we've now entered the multiverse and things have leaked in. So one thing you notice right out the gate is Baron Mordo looks different. I believe it's because he's a different multiverse version. And as I'm sure people have seen on the internet, because we're a couple days out now from when this actually dropped, it seems the Illuminati are involved. There is a council of Illuminati who are Marvel characters. Um, there have been many different Easter eggs and things pulled out. But I want to talk about like plot of the movie because there, there, there's to me, just based on what this trailer is showing me, I see kind of the progression we're building towards. And um, and then we, we can also always um, riff on some of the different scenes because obviously there's a lot of that stuff we need to touch on. But just quickly, to me, it seems that like, okay, all the things that strange has done to break the universe in various different ways led this point where this council, wherever, whatever universe they were in had eyes on strange. When he did that first shit against Dormammu, I've come to bargain. They've had eyes on him and they watched him fuck up. They watched him kind of save the day in uh, infinity war and Endgame. Cause an end game and infinity war. Really? You think about it. There was an option for strange to fuck up time again. Cause he could have told Tony, listen, you have to sacrifice yourself. Everything else doesn't matter if you sacrifice yourself because you're going to unite everybody in the ultimate manner to defeat Thanos and, and really to move forward, even though he really crushed everybody. Right. So, so Dr. Strange is going to be brought before the council and essentially told like you fucked up, but you're savable. We have someone else who's way worse and dangerous and, is bringing threats worse than whatever we thought you were going to do to this reality. And she happens to be your friend, bro. Wanda Maximoff, please. So your goal is to, you know, shut that shit down. But then strange kind of is in this like pull and push. 
Does he help Wanda? Does he tell her there's these people after her? Does he betray her and try to bring her in? Um, Obviously, there's so many questions, but I think what you're going to find is is that they're going to unite and the universe is going to somehow like we're going to get it's not it's not battle world, I guess. We're not secret warsing it yet, but you are going to get a hodgepodge of some of these universes that make our current world. And then you're still going to have at least one or two characters that have access to open portals to all those worlds. So that's an interesting thought. Um, I, 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 I think what's going to happen is what we got, what we saw in WandaVision was Wanda come to terms, a broken Wanda come to terms. I think in this movie, we're going to be, if they go down that route and be like, you need to do something about her, that there is a variant of Wanda who doesn't come to terms. Ooh. Well, and that's and that's the question is, will will the variant be the one that hasn't come to terms? Will she be the one that hasn't come to terms? But the ultimate like linchpin is that in that is she searching for Billy and Tommy? The voices at the end of the movie that said mom in the dark hold. You gotta believe she's going on the hunt. So what could be is that she is so fucking powerful that her variants. I believe that the scene that we see in the trailer of inside the house, there's Wanda. There's another Wanda. I think the other Wanda is the one trying to trying to find them and bring them back where the other Wanda has, 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 has tried to move on and has to come to face to face with the version of herself that can't move on. Ooh, that's dark. Um, and then also yeah. we get a another face to face. I'm sorry to interrupt. We get another face to face between our Doctor Strange and Strange Supreme, where I don't I don't think Strange Supreme is the villain of the movie. I, I don't I don't think that's true. I I think he is there as also a look in the mirror of where 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 you could go, what you can do. They you essentially know. bring Strange Supreme in to tell his story, although it'll be abridged. Yes. Like, hey, Stephen, she died, and I couldn't save her no matter what I did. Mm-hmm. I tried a million times, and guess where it ended up? With me 100% in isolation in my own universe that I'm the only one in because I fucked up so many times that I had to, I had to isolate. This could be you if you don't choose the right path. And that's going to kind of spark strange. You also have the interesting thing with America Chavez. Her power is opening up different uh, portals to different universes. So maybe Wanda has America Chavez or is trying to get America Chavez to open up the portals to find other Wanda who has Tommy and Billy. Maybe the Wanda that you saw that you thought was the evil one is just pissed because Darkhold Wanda just showed up to steal her kids, and that Wanda is just way more powerful because she's whole. Vision's going to maybe make an appearance and still be alive. You'll see Tommy and Billy as, as Wiccan and uh, Speed, and then and then Wanda's going to be there like, bitch, you walked into the wrong house today. Well, what are you thinking? And that's going to drive Wanda further. Like, this wasn't the – there's a universe where my kids need me. They wouldn't be screaming for me, and this is the – you know – um, so let's talk about a couple of things in the trailer that have people talking. And then we also need to probably talk a little bit about the, uh, 
rumor on the poster, the the elephant in the room, as it were. Brando, there are so many little moments that pop in this trailer that are like OMG moments. For you, what are some of your top two or three that really, really resonated with you? Biggest one out of the gate, Patrick Stewart's voice. He's and silhouette. And silhouette. He's commented on this, by the way. Did you see his comment? I did not see the comment. He said, and I quote, when asked about the, him being in the movie in from the trailer, he said, you know, people have been imitating my voice ever since I came on the stage 60 years ago, so I can't be held responsible for that. Interesting. So, basically, what we have here is Andy Garfield returns. <laughs> it's a Photoshop. It's Photoshop, and no, I'm, I'm I'm not in it. I'm not not doing it. No, no. There's no way. That's 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 old man Patrick Stewart's voice. That's that's 80 year old Patrick Stewart, and. He's sitting in his damn chair, and he's on the Illuminati. Uh, Strange, we being, should tell him the truth. We should tell him the truth. Strange being led in handcuffed by Ultron bots that aren't quite our universe looking Ultron bots. These are sleeker. Yep, more refined. So, if you're going to use your power of deduction. This fits into the to the rumor that we were reading into a while ago here on the show that the we have an Iron Man variant that could be Superior Iron Man, most likely played by Tom Cruise, who, if you guys don't know, was the original picked choice for Tony. Yep. Marvel. So see, now this is look at look at look at look at Kevin Feiging Company going. Turning lemons into lemonade, chicken shit, chicken salad. Mm-hmm. Didn't get him on the first pass. Found a clever way to bring him in on the second pass that makes sense. But guess what? They've also now made super clear. Me and my big smile. It's okay that Edward Norton and Terrence Howard were recast. Because those are variant versions of the characters that we love and we maybe have been seeing into different variant universes that actually will now make a whole hell of a lot more sense than, hey, that guy just changed his fucking face. That's weird. You know, because from Iron Man one to two, there's this big difference. And then it's just like. (laughs) You know, a big beefy dude, and Rhodey got slim, man. He, he <laughs> yeah, tacos. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Jesus. <laughs> Round ball, Junior. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like this. It also sets up the stage. We know there's going to be a what if season two, right? Yes. So they already had episodes that didn't make it in season one, right? That are season two. And then did you also hear that there's an episode that's in season two, possibly maybe now season three, depending on how they release it, that is essentially also the plot for Guardians 3? The original plot or? Well, maybe the original plot, possibly the original plot, but also could be the plot, similar plot to what they're actually going with. And maybe they had to change it. Well, this sets up the fact that, you know, you could have an animated superior Iron Man. We could see 
his entire story. That side of the story play out. Just get another guy to do the voice. You, can't, you don't have to bring in Tom. You don't have to pay the money to bring Tom in. Just like they did for a lot of the characters in, in What If. They got some of the guys. They didn't get everybody. Tom's expensive. I get that. But you could you could expand on that story and make Superior Iron Man an ongoing uh, occasional character. Who maybe even drops into the real universe if maybe? shit allows. You know, what's crazy about that too is though, the rumor about Tom Cruise's superior Iron Man is he has Thanos's head in a jar, and he has three uh, Infinity Stones. Uh huh. Was I uh, if, if I'm remembering or, or, or knowing correctly, he has the Time Stone. Yep. He has the Mind Stone. Yep. And then does he have the Power Stone? See, I thought it was space, but it might be power. Which one's it's blue? One of those Which one's two. purple? Blue is power, or blue is space. Purple is power. Okay, so maybe it's the Space Stone. Yeah. I think it'd be cooler if it was a power stone so you could put your face in. But regardless. <laughs> so you could punch your face in. <laughs> okay, just regardless. This dude's powerful. He he polices the entire world. It, see, now see this, you see this is where Charles Barkley comes in. Man, that Tony Stark is crazy. You know, he got robots flying around the place. You know, he, you know, he got affinity stones in his chest, man. You know, he trying to protect the entire world. But then, but then he just kind of crashed down the door, man. You can't have an NBA Finals with you know with you with LeBron out there trying to dribble the ball, pass the ball, and then out there's Tony Stark saying, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not my town." You know that guy, knucklehead. You know? <laughs> oh, your Charles Barkley is classic. I'm sorry. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I got a friend. I'm sorry. I got a friend named Will. His Charles Barkley cracks me up because he he kind of cracks up, like. For the plot of Space Jam, where they took Charles Powers and like, like they took my talent. It's <laughs> like, what talent did they have to steal? <laughs> That's bad because you know Charles was a pretty good ball player, but still, it's just like all these people and they stole Charles. <laughs> what ring, Chuck? Mm. Never got one. Oh, dude, that sucks. That sucks, dude. Because hey, dude, circumstances. Anyway, true. So, uh. You obviously, like you said, you should tell them the truth that moment. So let's let's quickly look at that scene. Obviously, alternate version Baron Mordo is on that council. Patrick Stewart is on that council as uh, Professor Xavier. Which do you know about the rumor about that? No, lay it on me. So he is not, and this is the fucking beautiful red herring. He's not from the Fox X-Men universe at all. Okay. He is actually the live action animation version of Charles. There have been some, um, what do you call those concept arts released with a looking like Charles Xavier in a giant gold floating chair, very similar to that. So you're like, okay, that's cool. But how, it's cartoons like what and then i don't know if you saw this but i watch new rock stars they're pretty good eric voss over there at new rock stars breaks down the videos and shit and i watch his shit for analysis when i'm not 100 percent sure on what i've seen he broke it down on one of those panels or one of those scenes where america chavez is breaking through her different universes glasses breaking and if you pause it 100 you can see the cartoon universe of something. It's a 
uh, orange like road cone. But the animation style is very similar to that 90s Marvel style of animation, which means maybe this is how we get a Fantastic Four brought in. Maybe this is also how we get the X-Men brought in this through that channel. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different ways they can do it, but that would just be a really cool, unique like, hey, I was a cartoon, bro. And now look at me. I'm 3D and real like the fuck, you know, like, dude, everything in my universe was flat. <laughs> correct. There was no round ball in my. <laughs> is there is there a superhero that has the power to to shift between the two D and the three D? Because that's a cool kind of fucking power, like Paper Mario, but not you know. Uh, do you remember that Zelda game, Link Between Worlds, where yeah, uh, for these puzzles, Link would like go up against the wall and he'd become wall art. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, okay, so I did not know the rumor of Patrick Stewart being the the cartoon variant. What I did already in my own brain uh, come to the conclusion of is that that is not the Fox Charles Xavier, that it is a variant because of things that, that Patrick had said that he does not want to come back because of because of how they wrapped up the character. It was perfect for him, and, and that had he had not done Logan, maybe he, he would be more open to it, but since they did, he's like, no, man, I don't want to come back to that character. So if he's... if. You know, if they're going to drag him back into this, they're going to have to present it of you're going to be sort of an avatar for Charles. You get to play Charles again, but it's not the same Charles that's gone down this route. It's going to be a completely different one. You're just giving this character a physical body and voice. And uh, since you've already kind of done this, it's going to be a really cool thing for the fans. Also coming within the next, uh, I think, 2023, X-Men 97 which is a sequel to the original series, which brings in most of the original voice actors. And holy shit. What if that's like... This is the sort of mind-bendingness that we're getting into. And I can also see where some of this might be losing some casual Marvel fans. Like once you've kind of like... Now that we're past Endgame, where do we go from here? More expansion, more things to follow, more shows. This, in order to watch Doctor Strange, you're going to have to have watched WandaVision at a bare minimum. You're going to have to watch What If to understand where some of these characters come from, the zombies and the fucking... Like, you have to just, watch Loki. Yeah, probably going to have to watch Loki too. Uh, maybe not Maybe not until you get into the movie. Nothing that they've shown in the trailer is 100% you have to watch this, but Loki's going to make sense as well. So there's three things, three shows you're going to have to watch. And... Just as a primer, you might want to brush up on the last Spider-Man movie because that movie leads into this one. Even if not by 100%, like the whole story of that movie leads into this movie. Things that he does in that movie leads into this movie. It's interesting too because Marvel has found a clever way. Listen, they know interconnectivity is the key to their success because they did it right. Mm -hmm. You know, granted DC and Marvel, they've got this whole like who's better whatever. And it came down to Marvel just like trusting themselves, making a standalone movie, and then looking at that movie, analyzing it, and saying, what can we take from that to make another movie? And then what we can take from that to make a bigger universe? And what can we take from those movies to make an even bigger universe? And then, like, you get to Endgame, then you're going to, you know, step through the door where we're kind of tying up. We get the Black Widow movie. We, you know, obviously Spider-Man. But we had to step through this portal because I think the long, long, long-term real Endgame thing that is going to you know break minds and make people so shocked they can't even believe they saw this moment in cinema 
is going to be if we do end up with secret wars. And they're just starting to really kind of lay that groundwork by saying, hey, up and until Endgame, you were in one universe and this is our universe. You know, this is the universe we believe in. But then once we step through that door of Spider-Man and, and, and everything started to change, the glass shattered. And now there's all these different little worlds you can visit and enjoy. And they might cast a whole fucking series of people for a show. And you're like, oh, they're going to be X group of characters. And then they are, but not from where you're expecting. It has nothing to do with the rest of the universe. It can be a totally standalone. And then down the road, when they come back to Battle World and push everybody together to make this major, crazy, insane event that is, you know, essentially winner takes all style going on. It's going to be incredible to, because you could, you could, you could, if time permits and they don't get too far down the road here, you know, if this happens within the next 10 years, you could have a Tom Cruise versus a um, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man versus Iron Man on screen in a battle world. And it would blow people away. Like, especially if, like you said, they do the thing with what if and they tell the superior Iron Man story and really flesh that out and make people really invest in that character. Yep. They're going to want, they're going to want more build it up, you know, and then long term payoff X-Men 97. Like you said, what if, what if multiverse of madness, that 97 X-Men is Patrick Stewart. And that's how that universe continues on is on the other side of the multiverse of madness. You know, it, it really is a shame because I'm a huge DC fan as far as the characters go. And, you know, we, we've watched and we've reviewed and we've talked about and discussed all these different movies that are going on over there. And I, I, I don't think that they've ever made anything that's been like, other than the, de, the, the debacle that was Justice League, anything that's offensive, you know, offensive to the, like, even Marvel's made a few things. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? That's not a really good flick. In retrospect, it's, it's, it's better than what I remember it. But in the moment, your Iron Man twos and threes and Thor Dark Worlds, they're not really that great, and and even they're not, but they're important to the. They're overall. just they're just that deep story building. They're just building yeah. that character more than trying to have a really great cohesive story, and then you get lost in the fact that like, and especially with Thor the Dark World, I don't know you could say it with Iron Man two because I do think Mickey Rourke's uh, Whiplash villain character was somewhat interesting and had some cool like you know ties to Tony and stuff, and they made it really work. But like, um. Yeah, the um, Malekith or whatever elf, the dark elf leader, like, was not a great portrayal for a villain. I think they really undercut uh, Christopher Eccleston's talent to be a villain. Um, and it, it, it just really, the only thing now you can look back and go, well, you need Thor the Dark World so you can really understand what the fuck ends up happening there in uh, Endgame when they go to save the day. You know, like, that's, that's kind of... Um, the way it is but uh you know i want to say i want to transition into something else in a minute but i'm just i'm trying not to lose my spot but you know there's this poster news rumor have you at all i haven't heard that before we get to the that thing there's one more thing from the trailer that 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 caught my eye and that sure. was is that rambo as captain marvel Okay, so it's either Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel or it's Superior Iron Man. 
Those are the only two things I can think of. The only thing is, is in one of those shots, if you pause it, it does look like there is a star on her chest. So it could, in fact, be uh, really photon would be, Mm -hmm. I think, how she would be designated officially. But, yeah, maybe in that universe, um, she's also on the Illuminati, could very well be. I mean, we're definitely getting the character next year anyway with the Marvel's movies or the Marvel movie, the Marvel's movie. Not yeah, that's Marvel hard. The Marvels movie, <laughs> the Marvels movie that we're going to be getting because by the end of this year we're going to get the uh, get the Ms. Marvel show, establish that character. And we're going to have these characters all come together for that movie. So we're going to be getting it. So we might see her crop up here or whatever. But go ahead, carry on with the trailer. What's going on or uh, the poster? What's going on with the poster? So the brand new Doctor Strange poster dropped like the day after the trailer, and you haven't seen it at all or anything. You know anything about it? I don't remember. Okay, so it's strange. Looks like he's walking through the um, sanctum, but it's the glass has shattered everywhere, and every fragments of glass. There's like little visual things. Okay, one thing you can clear as day, unmistakably. There's no way to deny it. It's there. Is Captain Carter's shield? You do see Captain Carter's shield in one of those little chunks of glass, right? But the bigger one is a really hard to spot, and no one's really 100% sure. And again, hey, this may be a really clever place to do this. There have been some really awkwardly timed rumors and stuff, and I don't know if I believe those. But in the universe where everyone said certain things in Spider-Man No Way Home were photoshopped that were turning out to be real, maybe some of the things I've been saying are, in fact, real. Who fucking knows? But in this poster... You see a very specific red character with very black eyes going. And it pretty much looks like Deadpool and his signature like thing. But you can't really see. It's like really grainy and it's a tiny, super tiny piece of glass. Right. Yeah. But then that. okay, so that's okay, 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 okay. So then during that trailer, there's a lot of different things you're seeing. And there's one scene where you see like it could be Wanda or somebody in some sort of blue containment unit. There's like this big blue cube and there's an empty one and there's an open one. Right. And I think the Illuminati are going through and capturing extraordinarily dangerous um, multiversal characters to keep from destroying the multiverse because it is very fragile and it could just in one single moment be absolutely destroyed. And that's why the Illuminati exists is to keep it all together. And they're sitting there going, okay, we're, we're, we, we have to keep this, this very, very thinly threaded, you know? Um, but that person's dangerous. So put them in a cage, that person in this universe, dangerous, put them in a cage. That guy might not be dangerous, but he's fucking crazy. And that leads to me saying, I have, in fact, seen a leaked picture of Deadpool in one of those variant cages. So will we get Ryan Reynolds? Will we have Deadpool? Will he be the crux of Fox coming into the universe? Because that'd be funny as shit, really. Of all the characters that they used, he's the one that remembers that universe and can remark upon it. Like, it would be great. Where I came from, there were two Professor X's, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I did remember that. And uh, it's kind of hard to say uh, how that's kind of boiled down because there's a lot of stuff that they're kind of playing close, you know, to the vest. I, I, I compare it to um, the Spider-Man reveal 
when they revealed Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, they gave us the one big reveal other than the pumpkin bomb. Those are the two like little slithers, maybe something else in there, Sandman. But like the Alfred face reveal was like that's the one thing that he'd already leaked out that 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 he had said. He had let it slip. So they just gave us the reveal we already knew. And so for a year now we've been talking about Patrick Stewart. Is he in this? These rumors, long standing rumors. They didn't give us a face reveal, they gave us the voice. Which is honestly the same thing. There, there's nothing more iconic in nerddom almost than Patrick Stewart's voice. Whether you're whether you're talking uh Charles Xavier, whether you're talking uh Jean Luc Picard, like he has a very distinct and powerful voice. And the fact that, that they did the silhouette with the voice, your your brain goes, Patrick Stewart. Holy shit, it's happening. Then then your brain starts connecting dots to other rumors as this because almost because everything about Spider Man ended up being true. Everything. Yeah, actually, actually, if you go back to one of our JIC Web of Rumor episode, yeah, that we did, we talked a lot about like maybe Willem Dafoe, maybe this will happen, maybe this will happen. It's like got a lot of that right because all these rumors were true. I think even at that time we were talking about like there's this picture on set of the three Spider-Man together. There's a picture on set of Matt Murdock at the table. Those things are true. They really happened. The the best thing about that though the about those rumors being true is is that unlike other things that got spoiled for me, like the Rise of Skywalker, like the Game of Thrones finale, it didn't ruin the enjoyment of them as I watched it. Because it because it didn't give you it was enough for you to go, this is what you want. So here's a rumor of it. And here's a picture that could be real or fake. But it didn't give you, it didn't spoil the entire story or the entire uh, uh, wave of events. Whereas when I saw rumors of Rise of Skywalker, it was this and that and this and that. And then the whole movie was that exact same thing. Or the, the finale of Game of Thrones of this and this and this. And it's like, oh shit. As it started playing, it was exactly that. So it, it's not even things that I want to have versus not want to happen. It was like, these are the things I want to happen. And then I got to see the story play out versus them saying, this is what's going to happen. This, this is what things that could happen. And this is how it's going to play out. And, and I hope it's the, same, the exact same thing with Dr. Strange, because it's almost kind of like the same idea of, of, you know, when they sold out the United Center based off of a rumor. Yep. It was a rumor. Like, this is a W wrestling thing, but they sold out the United Center in Chicago based off the rumor that CM Punk had signed. And they booked the event and they sold the place out. And they didn't confirm it. They didn't deny it. They just let it sit there. Now, if they had not signed CM Punk and completely just like, exactly it would have been horrible but the simple fact is you would have got in front of it by saying no we didn't sign CM Punk so it's they- like remember when WCW was talking about they had a special guest that was going to show up on Nitro it was going to be huge and change the game and it was fucking Chucky <laughs> well at that time WCW was, gra- was, was you know grasping at straws you know uh, leave hey Brando it to, leave it to a company leave it to a company like WCW to 
to sign Bret Hart and have them be written out of that television in a manner of way of having that amount of heat, that amount of hype with something that that was a storyline that became real and then still didn't know what to fucking do with him. Lame. Hey, bro, did Daenerys pay him real quick? Oh, wow. We have old school Daenerys Palin. So I'm going to take the reins of the show here just for a momento. That is an awesome throne, by the way, that Nate's sitting on it to be the podfather. So before we switch gears here, there's something else that I saw, uh, you know, speaking of onset photos, the, we know that the flash over on DC, the, the flash movie is going to reset a lot of things or at least change stuff up over there. Much like how we're doing on the Marvel side, and some of that has to do with them trying to kind of salvage the mess that was that came out of the Justice League, if you will. You know, uh, they they're not really getting to use Henry Cavill. They're not going to be using Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's coming back for the Flash, but he has already confirmed that movie's his last go. He's done. He wants out. No more. The Justice League experience ruined this for him and those of us who like him as Batman are no longer getting him and so we already know that Michael Keaton's coming back to play a version of Batman Bruce Wayne for the for the Flash movie for the 89 verse now we know that that continues because we got scenes or uh, on set pictures from the from the upcoming Batgirl movie that shows Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons on set. So J.K. Simmons is the DCEU uh, uh, Gordon. Michael Keaton is effectively replacing the Ben Affleck character in this verse or whatever this version of the verse that we're going to get. And some people are not very happy about it. Now, first things first, I will say. If Ben Affleck does not want to play this character anymore, you cannot hold a gun to his head and tell him to play the character. We, there, there's nothing that we can do to fix this enough if he does not want to do it because the version of the character that we're going to get will not be as good as it could be because he doesn't want to do it. And he doesn't want to do it for probably a lot of reasons. But the like a, a lot of it probably has to do with the, the train wreck that was making the Justice League movie. And he wants out. No more. This wasn't fun. I thought this would be the funnest thing in my entire life. I got to play Batman, and it was not fun. So therefore, as they're trying to move forward, he agreed to come in to play Batman in The Flash. I remember hearing about this. They 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 asked him. He saw the script. He's like, I have a few changes. They said, cool, let's make this movie. Obviously, now, looking back, he made a change to be written out. Like, write me out, send me off. And if that's the case, we're getting uh, Michael Keaton's return to be this this new verse. Now, also, Henry Cavill's doing his own thing. He's over there doing The Witcher, you know, which was really good. Uh, season one and two have been amazing. You know, he has said the door is open and the Superman cape still in a the closet. They have not said one way or another that he is out as Superman. But one thing they could be doing that now we're transitioning from what we know Ben Affleck is out, Michael Keaton's in. We already know this. Ben Affleck has said himself, I'm out. What we don't know is how they're going to handle Superman and they're bringing in Supergirl, not Supergirl's cousin from the show or from the cartoon. This Supergirl is the daughter of Clark and Lois from the future. This was a version of Supergirl that debuted in 2014. So 
that leads me to believe leads me to believe that after this flash movie flashpoint we are getting ourselves into a dc verse that replaces the old batman and superman with old man batman michael keaton and then obviously going to be mentoring a batgirl and a supergirl daughter of lois and clark and um that is how we could be moving forward with other characters kind of stepping in the role. That doesn't mean that we could not see Henry Cavill show up again. We have to see the Flash movie to see what's going to happen with this, because we this whole universe has kind of been in flux. You know, we we got the Justice League. You know, we did get Aquaman. We got Wonder Woman eighty four. Then we got the Snyder Cut, which is not canon. And they even said this isn't canon. Why is it not canon? Because they've already con- they've already committed and confirmed. Uh, with the the Flash movie, obviously changing everything, so we're getting the we're going to be getting uh, Black Adam, you know, and we're going to be getting the Flash. The, the the this whole DC stuff is going to be kind of turned over on its head, and it's going to be interesting to 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 see, to see where it lines up. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be challenging and difficult if they end up alienating people. Because the people who got who really enjoyed the Snyder Cut are not getting any more of that. We're moving away from that. We're moving. Hi, Nate. Welcome back. Hey. Hi. Are you okay? Revenge of the hot sauces. That sucks. That 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 sucks. Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, so hey, you're talking about the end of the Snyderverse, huh? So what I talked about, and 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 I'll catch you up briefly is that there were on-set photos of Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons on the set of Batgirl. Okay. Ben Affleck has already said, I'm out. This is my last appearance. I am out. Let's rewind a little bit. When they when they already said, hey, Ben Affleck's in the Flash movie. Michael Keaton's in the Flash movie. Craziness is, it, it ensues. They said, hey, we approached Ben Affleck, and you know he had a few changes to the script, but then he signed on. What were those changes? What has he come out and said personally? He's done. He wants out. Why why does he want out? We 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 can only assume that it was the craziness and the bullshit behind the making of the Justice League movie. He probably now look, look, he's joked about the sad flex stuff and the reception of BVS. I think that this is Brando. I think that kind of got to him a little bit. I think he he yeah. put his heart into making this movie, and people were shitting on it. And he's like, "Damn it!" To be fair, though, uh, he was the best part of BBS. I agree. Honestly, I don't think that movie's bad. I think it's i I would give that movie probably a better rating now than I gave it back then. But that's also because the movie's grown on me, and I kind of just accept its flaws for what it's for, for you know for, for what it is. I I enjoy watching that movie. It is a fun movie. The Justice League or Justice League that we got, I even said it wasn't that bad. But then I find out after watching the Snyder Cut that my favorite parts of the movie were the Zack Snyder bits anyway. And that some of the stuff that Snyder or or the Snyder's stuff, the guy got erased or they formed it into this new movie. I enjoy that version way much better. And they said from the get go. You know, we 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 did this almost as like a favor to him to let him come in and do this and finish his movie. And honestly, that's why we had, that's why we got Cavill back. That's why we got Affleck back. That's why we got Leto in. That's why we got so many characters. And um, what was the guy that played a uh, uh, Deathstroke? 
uh, John Leguizamo. Is that his name? Deathstroke was Deathstroke was played by Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello, one of those I think JLs. About it. Yeah. Joe Manganiello, Joe Joe jo- Johnny the Bull Stromboli. Anyway, um, <laughs> we got all these guys. We got all these people coming in to help out to to, to film some new stuff. To really say, hey, this is going to fill out the rest of the film here. It's going to be some cool shit. And people are like, this needs to be the new canon. And it could have been, but WB or Warner Brothers is like, no, 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 we're going forward. Why are they going forward? Because they've already had to deal with this behind-the-scenes shit, and they have made waves to correct it, and their waves of correcting it was not this. And so whether or not that is them losing Henry Cavill as Superman indefinitely, I don't think that's the case. They have lost Ben Affleck indefinitely as Batman. That is the case. So they need to make waves to to kind of replace that character or, or move forward in this kind of shared universe they're doing because they've also got another Batman thing that's not even connected that, that's going to be happening independently. And so, like, they, they've already committed to that. And then uh, over here, if Ben Affleck's like, I'm out, dog. Peace out. Like, okay, now we no longer have a Batman. What are we going to do? This Flash movie is going to fix this. And it's going to end up merging some shit, kind of like what they're doing in the Marvel thing, but maybe in a different way. And now, now you're going to have Michael Keaton come in to play, replace the Bruce Wayne Batman character, an older version who's going to be mentoring Batgirl. So we're kind of getting a on-screen old man Batman mentoring a new class, maybe a Batman Beyond type thing, but it's Batgirl. Okay, cool, different take. Not what people want probably, but this is what I'm okay with it. I want to see it. But what I said also about the Henry Cavill thing, he said, Kate's still up in the closet and it's available when, when you know, whenever. But he's also committed to doing his own thing, which is which, for which he's killing it on The Witcher. And they've created a character, Supergirl, who is the daughter of Lois and, and, and Clark, not his cousin, Supergirl. So I think going forward in this verse, we are going to see a Batman, old man Batman and, and Batgirl replacing the Bat character the the future Supergirl replacing the super character, if they're gonna do anything that's crossover crossmatic, Young Justice League essentially kind of yeah, and then <laughs> we're gonna get some blend in with some if they're gonna keep Aquaman or Wonder Woman involved or Shazam or Black Adam, however that's gonna work out. Uh, that doesn't mean that we couldn't see Henry Cavill show up at some point and have them find a way to write it in. It's interesting, though, because I will say this. Uh, you were talking about the death of the Snyderverse. I don't know if that's necessarily true because the Snyderverse just got merged into another universe. Do you know anything about this? Tell me. Um, hmm. Let me set this up a little bit. Do you care about spoilers for shows no. that are out? Right. Okay, 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 okay. So let me set up this by saying massive spoilers for peacemaker if you've not seen peacemaker turn away now run for your life it's the frog uh run it's bad uh so peacemaker is like awesome show it's got this really deep storyline that there are these alien creatures called butterflies that uh essentially go into the mouths of humans and take over their bodies they're essentially dead once they leave that body because they're like a parasite you know um, and there's like a ton of of these uh, butterflies and Amanda Waller essentially assembles a rogue side team that's not quite the suicide squad that just has peacemakers lead and they go on trying to stop the butterflies or whatever. Well, there's this thing called the cow 
It's a gigantic, not cow. It's like an alien creature, snaggletooth looking thing. And they're in like the final episode trying to stop the cow or whatever. And as they're leaving the final battle, it's all over. Everything is done. Okay. They're walking away. And all of a sudden, the skies get dark. And who stands in front of them? The Justice League. And it's Ezra Miller. And it's uh, Jason Momoa. And it's the silhouette of Gal Gadot. And it's the silhouette of Henry Cavill. But Momoa and uh, Miller have on-screen lines talking face-to-face in their full Justice League gear, meaning they just merged the Snyderverse with the Gunverse in the DCEU, and they didn't do that for no reason, obviously, right? Here's the craziest part about the only reason I even said that, because I hate that I spoiled that, because that's like a big crazy shocking like when you I've see already it, it seen your- uh i've already seen images alluding to the fact that we once again did not get um a uh henry cavill on set but they're alluding to it and henry cavill yeah. even say uh, said a joke that said netflix has a exclusive rights to my face uh and it was in the contract i didn't catch it my lawyers didn't catch it and uh hey two more years uh <laughs> so uh so so that's huge right but here's the bigger thing Marvel filmed the Justice League stuff. So check it out. When James Gunn was doing the first Suicide Squad movie, uh, he you mean hold on to, you you mean his his sequel movie his suicide yeah his suicide his, his suicide because when you said the first because there's been one other movie that the Suicide said that that Gun Suicide Squad is a loose sequel to. His that, first, that's what I should yeah, say. Yeah. So you had the Suicide Squad, now they're doing Peacemaker, then they're doing a second season. But okay, so when they were doing the his movie, one of the actors who is Mern in the Peacemaker, uh, try to get my thought here. Ah, he uh, had to do his screen test for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, but they were on set for the suicide squad so guns like hey dc do you think i could just like use your guys production team to film this little screen test for his other character that he's going to be playing in my other movie marvel and they're like yeah sure but marvel owes us you're gonna they're gonna have to film something of ours down the road when we need something to happen and guess what they were doing peacemaker and he just so happened to be amidst guardians 3 when they decided to add this thing with the justice league and Phone call to Ezra and Jason Momoa. They showed up at Marvel Studios and they filmed this. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes out. Um, we live in a great time to be a fan of these characters and, and these stories. Not everything is as glossed over or as great as it could be. Um uh, I like not, but it, but it, it's just the fact that we're getting it. Are we entertained? I guess is the at, at the end of the day, are we entertained? And we, and we can only hope that going forward that we will continue to be. But hey, man, I'm entertained always, especially like my my mind is like this, and and they never planned this, right? Marvel turning that chicken shit into chicken salad. 
in the early 2000s, we got the X-Men movies and the first Spider-Man movie and everything. And those things are like a part of your childhood, you know, because we grew up with them. And then for the slightly older folks, they were like the first experience they had to the superhero movies not being really sucky and actually having some merit and spirit that weren't like just DC Batman related stuff, you know? Yeah. And they did not know all those years later they could say, hey, you know what? We can take all these things we've we've done, these benchmark moments we've had with these different actors and pull them back into this multiverse of madness thing. And then we can take all these ideas we have for DC and create all these different stories that people accept because we were allowed to tell a Joker story that 100% had nothing to do with Batman and was 100% focused on the mental st- stability of this character and one awards and shit like dc is finding different ways to be successful while marvel has their formula and it's the difference between the marvel method and not baby it's just that easy the marvel method is is the whatever for whatever reason a really well-oiled fine-tuned machine that now they've they've caught on to how they've made shit successful so now they have to do is just repeat that process it's rinse and repeat and uh yeah man Something I I feel oh something I'm like hurting and feel like I'm breaking into a different universe or something. Oh, well, like well, I'm pushing well, 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 and I'm well, oh god. Ugh. We're here. We're back. It's been a while. Um, I know you guys are confused because it's been it, we've time traveled now. If you last saw Journey into Wrestling with Nate and Brando hosting, it's it's been some time. Uh, but we're back. We're hosting again. We're here together. Uh, we haven't actually had a real Journey into Wrestling in even more time. So it's been some time and some time. And this is Journey into Wrestling. Welcome back. It's Nate. I'm here with Brando. We are going to be talking about a few things today. This is kind of an impromptu type thing. There's not really a lot that we planned for, so I cannot wait to discuss whatever it is we're going to discuss. Brando Wrestling's weird now. It's gotten weird. You know, it's officially WrestleMania season, which is always my favorite time to get into wrestling again and start start talking about it or watching stuff. And But, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff happening just in the overall universe of wrestling. And, you know, not just within the confines of the WWE. It's all across the industry. There's a lot of moving parts kind of going on. And we're only going to touch on a couple of things here today, mainly with the big top two, because that, and that that news enough would would fill an entire podcast, and uh, you know uh, for us to kind of cross over here to the universe. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be back here on on the old JI Dubs. You know, I mean uh, this this was sort of the was it the third spinoff of Journey into Comics because we had Foodies or Game Addicts and Foodies. I think it was Game Addicts Wrestling and then Foodies. Foodies. So. Okay, well then it was the second spinoff because. You know, I put a lot of heart and soul and, and thought into these, uh, in, in, into the first two spinoffs because those were those were ones involving me. The game annex was just me and Mike, and then JIW was another podcast with you, and it was like, hey, th- th- that's why it's called JIW. That's why it was called Journey to Wrestling because it was a, a literal name and host offshoot of its parent podcast. So 
it's good to be back here on this show. And you know, and of course, I've loved what you got, what you and Buckles have, have done with it, and, and covered a lot more across the spectrum, even more than I ever could. Because there's so much in wrestling that's awesome. There's also so much in wrestling that makes me roll my eyes. <laughs> Anyways, different people, different strokes are different folks. Uh, guys, uh, wrestling it has been that for its entirety of its existence. Sure. And, sure. and, and, and I'm glad to be talking about it. Uh, as, as this makes air, whenever this makes air for you, on G- of course, within the confines of this being a podcast, within a podcast on GIC, probably going to go up on Monday. Uh, or, well, yeah, we incepticasted. We didn't even tell yeah. the people that's like a thing now. Yeah, okay. We're so in a different multiverse. Occasionally on JIC, we're going to be throwing in some of these other podcasts that we have been affiliated with. It, if by any means, just to put some cool content up for that stuff and, and, and to team up and to, and, and to keep get things kind of rolling again for these other shows that we're kind of been involved with. The pandemic and everything has done a lot to kind of slow down our output of shows and to... Uh, really hinder even our drive to continue to want to do stuff and, and and this and even JIC was no exception to that now that we're trying to get more involved and get everything kind of get get get, get the ball rolling again on one show let's use it that you just like they do within the confines of Marvel or DC or these other things let's use that as a stepping stone to try to get the ball rolling with some other things as well and we did it the you know, the last episode of JIC was a hey here's a game addict here's some gaming news and here's some conversation we're going to do it here again with JIW, and that's why I'm here. That's why you're seeing my beautiful face, and maybe we'll do more stuff like this impromptu in the future as well to help keep content flowing for these shows. Uh, so you might see Nate crop up more on Game Addicts. You might see me crop up over on here, and that's just because we're already here. We don't have to carve out a separate record time to 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 try to make this stuff happen. That's, that is the one crux of the thing that's been the hardest thing about getting content out. That's to make the time to do it. That has been difficult. So we're already here. So since we're here, we have now stepped into the squared circle. Nate. Where are we starting, Brando? Dude, this year has been crazy. So COVID has affected the wrestling business just just like it's affected most others. But since wrestling is a live event attended thing, it has really hurt the wrestling business. Because you had during the high points of COVID uh, or maybe the low points, you had just fans not being able to attend and, and only the biggest name promotions could keep things going with 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 making content The the pandemic era almost entirely killed Ring of Honor. You know, they're still around. They're still trying to keep it going. But a lot of their big stars have now signed on with other things and doing other. So they have to do a Ring of Honor reboot in April, which is still coming. The beginning of this year saw. COVID directly affect the WWE machine as far as their storylines and their stuff going into the WrestleMania season with their top star, Roman Reigns, catching COVID and completely derailing that. And then it has been a whirlwind of story within story, this and that, moving chess pieces around the board to get to where we are now. Of course, that was they added a new pay-per-view. WWE day one, which or not, they're not called pay-per-views anymore. This is, uh, they're called premium live events, premium live events, PLEs, which I guess makes sense. Cause they, you haven't had pay-per-view for like six years now. All right, cool. Day one was added. That was supposed to be Brock and Roman. The, the, the rematch from Saudi Arabia. We didn't get it. Roman got sick literally the day of, or we day before whatever. day one on day one. <laughs> it was like shit. We can't have, we can't deliver on that promise. So what did we do? 
We take the belt off of Big E and give it to Brock. Man, there, okay. When it's, people have opinions in about what they could, should have, would have. I always try to take a step back and think about what Brando would do. What would I do? If I was in this position, what would I do? Hmm. It's hard to say. On that day, you have a pay-per-view or a premium live event, and you have Brock Lesnar flying into town without a match. What do you do at the end of it? And I can't honestly say that I don't arrive at the same conclusion. And and I, and I'll tell you why. You know, Brock Lesnar, despite the thought that he's kind of outwards welcome as far as like a a star, he's the biggest name star the company has. He is a guy when you book him on television or these or these events, people watch. They tune in. People grow tired of the act. They oh, he was a you know a part timer. He's been around more in the last two months, three months, four months, almost on the show every week, and that has been a refresher. But also, I, I liked when he would disappear because it's like the the a weekly television stuff gets tired to me anyway. But think about this: he came back in 2012. 10 years since he's been back in the fold. Who's who's a bigger star than Brock Lesnar in the wrestling business? There's only one other guy. Punk. No. 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 Mm-mm. Punk to... No. Mm-mm. Think about... Okay, think about... Okay. The only other star that, that is as big as Roman Reigns... Or, or as big as Lesnar as Roman Reigns, and that's because of the sheer numbers of business they do. Well, Punk got Punk got heads turned, but they didn't stick around. They did not stick around. The last ratings for for AEW was the lowest in company history. That that, that that doesn't mean that they're doing anything bad. That just means that there is a contingency and there's a built-in WWE audience, and they go after a more casual audience. AEW doesn't do that. This is another podcast to to, uh, to be had. When you look, when, when, when you, there's only two guys that are at that top echelon of stars. Whether you, I, and I don't even know it, 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 where you would categorize, you categorize them. It, it, are they at Cena's level? Probably is, is Cena at Austin's level? I don't think so. The Austin Rock, I think, is another echelon of star. You're on a totally different level, bro. Yeah. So I. Do, do I think Cena got pretty close to that? I think he did. But I think it, it, it's kind of hard to classify. Do I think Punk is in that level? Sure. Did, but do I think he's bigger than Brock Lesnar? I think he's a, like maybe a half step down from Brock Lesnar. I think he's he has name value, and he, and he brings people in. But, it's, but in terms of like cross-media, Brock Lesnar gets cross-media attention. Punk doesn't really get that. He he did when he came back, but he doesn't. But 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 it isn't hasn't been sustainable. 
So I like what Pat McAfee said about Lesnar real quick. <laughs> he is the alpha of our species. If aliens came down and said, we're going to put our best fighter against your fighter, all the fighters would get a consensus and be like that fucking guy. Look at him. He's a jacked creature that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, look, you know, uh, I, I didn't say that punk is on that uh, is on that level as a dig at him because I really like punk and I've always liked punk. I, I've been a fan of punk since the Ring of Honor days, like watching those the those early DVDs of him when they first come out, came out with the DVDs and learning who he was because he was on a on a Joe DVD that I got because I got into Joe. And so like le learning about all this, all those guys back then, I, I was a fan and, and still am. I, I think punk is the modern day Roddy Piper. Uh, it's probably a good like a good uh, a little analogy. Uh, with but, more but, uh, world titles, though. Well, that and then also, um, I think Punk's a better storyteller than Lesnar, but but Lesnar's just physically, he's an attraction. How he picked up and threw Matt Riddle in the Rumble like he was a piece of paper was insane. He didn't even let him touch the mat, bro. He so, caught him and threw him out of the ring. So whoa. So, so look, an another thing was Bret Hart an attraction depending on your definition, Bret Hart was a great worker and a, and a great storyteller. Hulk Hogan was an attraction. Okay. We have different, like you have different levels of, of wrestlers, workers, you know, like they, they almost have different classifications within the term sports entertainer slash wrestler. What are you? Are, are you a good worker? Yeah. Cause Daniel Bryan's a great worker and storyteller. Is he, an, is he an attraction? It really depends. If you, if you throw his name up on the marquee, is he going to sell out of WrestleMania? Who's his dancing partner? Is his dancing All partner depends. The Miz? No, he's not going to sell out. Is his dancing partner Brock Lesnar? Instantly. Is it CM Punk? You're getting close. I think a lot of people want to go see that. Is his dancing partner John Cena? Instantly. Those guys could make magic. Anyways. So, thing is, landscape in the WWE is definitely all over the place. And it's not necessarily good storytelling, but they're getting where they need. Try to try. They're trying to put something together to get where they need to go to tell the story. They're definitely having me more intrigued on the. And I can't believe I'm even going to say this. On the other side of the results of last night's elimination chamber, I am more intrigued at WrestleMania season. Um. Yeah. There's only three matches booked for Mania. <laughs> and okay, so WrestleMania is a two night event. Thank you. They've done it again. I this is I I have grown tired of the six hour Sunday event. I'm tired. I got to go to work the next day. I can't be staying up that late. I remember staying up one night or one of the nights. Uh, maybe it, I'm trying to remember which one it is now because I don't n uh, number them anymore. In the and like in the it was the one in uh, Orlando. Uh, was that 33? The one where Roman Reigns uh, and Taker closed out the night. Yeah. It was 12. Freaking 30 at night. I fell, almost fell asleep on the couch. Not because I wasn't interested in the match, but because I was tired. It was 1230 at night. That's why. Well, and, and we were doing LaFiCon that weekend too. So it was a lot going on. I was tired, you know, uh, then, uh, uh, two years later or whatever it was, uh, the main event, Rousey, Becky and Charlotte main event. I went to bed and just watched it when I woke up the next morning. Cause I'm like I'm not staying up. 
Like, I want to see it. I really did, but I didn't want to sacrifice my sleep anymore. And also then sacrifice possibly missing the match because you're having to go back and rewatch, and then you aren't as invested in watching. Because when you see something for the first time, there's nothing greater, let's be real, especially when you see something live for the first yes. time, there's yeah. nothing greater. So, and, um, and, yeah, and, of course, wrestling is, is a very unique entertainment uh, business in that it, it, that first reaction is the best reaction. You know, and okay, so now we're doing the two night event. So, Nate, uh, yes, sir. before we switch gears and go over to AEW, we're going to talk about the results of, a, of the Elimination Chamber premium live event. And uh, it, Rey Mysterio with Dominic defeated the Miz. Dominic got ejected. And apparently, Miz says, I'm going to get a tag team partner and face them. So we're going to. At, Supposedly at Mania, we're going to get Miz, mystery partner, versus the Mysterios. The rumors is that is Logan Paul. Fail. Epic fail. Anyways. Anyways. uh, Then we have um, Roman Reigns defeated Goldberg in six minutes with the submission. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd go a little bit more all out here. I, by the way, I missed the I missed the opening match or the not the opening match the the, <laughs> the pre show match because by the time I got home and got set down because I had to go into work yesterday, um, Roman was just walking out. So like, uh, it's a Goldberg match. Goldberg's in his fifties. Um, it, it 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 was as good as it could be without them just spearing the hell out of each other and going crazy, which they still speared each other. Uh, and, and hit each other with moves. It was okay, a, a, a little underwhelming, but it adds to the mythos of Roman Reigns. Can I just say, Roman's on fire. If there is like, if I said Brock Lesnar is the biggest star in professional wrestling, Roman Reigns is the best character, and and and, and he's on the run of his life. Absolutely, and, he and, is. He is where he could have been years ago had they just did what they did, and then when they did it, exactly. And we're getting it now. And I think the company or Vince or whoever is realizing if we keep on this, we're adding him to the echelon of the greats. We don't. He doesn't. He's going to hit that level of the Rock where he's such a good heel. He's a face. Yes. That makes sense. You he know already kind of is. He already kind of yeah. is. But but you know, but he but he still does his job and gets people to boo him too, which is like, which is good. And and you're also basically making him beat every single freaking person that's out there. And in hopes that you can eventually build somebody up to beat him and get a good rub, um, because now the okay, so he's champion going into Mania. The next match, Bianca Belair won the Elimination Chamber match for the women's match, and she is going to be facing uh, Becky. So that's that match. Ronda with her arm tied behind her. It wasn't even behind her back. It was like on her. It was said behind her back, but it was actually on her, her side. Uh, Ronda and Naomi defeated Charlotte and Sonya. Um, Ronda had to wrestle with her arm tied on her side. Uh, Drew McIntyre killed Matt Cat Moss. Killed him. He did. Murdered him. He, he he died. Did you not see the spot? No. Did not see the spot. There was a Uh-oh. spot. <laughs> Let me Probably find a spot monkeyed. It is a. It is a. Where is it? Where is you? 
I thought I had saved it because I'm sure I did. Oh, here it is. I'm sending you the video. Okay. It's only two seconds, so not that long. It was a, he did a kind of a alley-oop type spot and my a madcap moss landed on his noggin instead of his face. Oh, God. Damn, he spiked him into his brains. He did. He, he died. died. He has died. He has died. And uh, so, so yeah, Drew McIntyre won that match. That was what we assume is the end of that feud. Maybe we're, who knows, maybe now we get Drew and Happy Corbin at Mania to kind of wrap up that little feud thing, which would be fine. Drew needs something to do, and he's not in any of the main events. So, uh, but, but. On this show many years ago, we nominated Baron Corbin seven times for the worst wrestler of the year. And might I say, he has grown on me in spades simply because he's willing to do anything and be absolutely ridiculous and silly. He's not the same guy he was. He's improved immensely in the ring. And the dude genuinely entertains me now. His run... Last year of being the down on his luck after he lost his crown and he's sad almost, Corbin. That was the funniest shit. <laughs> he had the worst luck. I I almost and they did this thing where they had him win in Vegas. I almost wish they had to done it. I wish they would have just kept it like where he's just still homeless. <laughs> he just shows up and he has never showered. I wish they would have kept it because he had his hair growing out. You could have it just be like never washed. <laughs> it would be the funniest thing, anyways. I'm a fan of Corbin now. You've won me over. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Lita in a good match. 12 minutes and 15 seconds. It was a pretty good match from Lita. Um, they they did a good job of making you middle of the match going, are they actually going to put Lita over? Mm, they did not, but it was good. Good. Um, Becky barely squeezed by with the win here. The Usos never in Viking Raiders never happened. They, they flew them over to Saudi Arabia to get attacked in the middle of the aisleway. By who? The the Viking Raiders got attacked by the Usos, and the match never started. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just that was like scratch Weird. left left me scratching my head. And then Brock Lesnar won the Elimination Chamber match, where Lashley was pulled from the match and never even got in it. Um, so. Word is in the sheets that Lashley suffered a shoulder injury at the Rumble and has to have surgery. He's going to be out for four months. So they knew this, which is why he hasn't wrestled and hasn't defended. And they did this as a means to write him out. Uh, a lot of people were like, oh, bullshit. There needs to be a real finish. And, and But okay. If Lashley's hurt, uh, the, the the this is a way to ride him out and keep him strong, I guess, without having him take the L here. And you could still book another big match with him later on and have him be like, I never lost my title, yabble, yabble. But, I mean, you kind of had to assume he was going to, I mean, Lesnar was going to win that match anyways, right? That That is it. They, you, um, I mean, Reigns is the champion. Lesnar is the champion. He, and they've already said that Lesnar said, I want to go title for title. And, and that's kind of what we're thinking. Joe at work, Joe Grimes, he's been on this podcast before, and uh, me and him talk wrestling quite a bit. And he goes, he goes, I kind of wish they wouldn't do it, though. He goes, what would you do if you didn't have Lesnar win now, you, now, now that you put him in the match? And I came up with something. I okay. came up with something. Now, this is not what they're doing. So Brando books a non-existent hey. alternate route. 
Uh, say they do the same thing. Bobby Lashley gets taken out. So Lesnar comes in. Oh, this was hilarious, dude. So there, 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 there were two pods left. Lashley's pod was not open. It was destroyed because uh, uh, was it? Did Seth Rollins or somebody powerbombed Austin Theory into that pod and it, and it hurt Lashley? And what they said in the show is that he is now in uh, um, concussion. Uh, no, what they they said some some term for it. Basically. Concussion protocol. Concussion protocol. Like he can't come back. So then it was like, oh, who's coming in next? Dun 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 dun. And Lashley's pod. And was like, oh, okay, Lashley. Well, he well, you know, he can't come out. Lesnar got mad and broke his own pod and came out, and then just destroyed everybody. Damn. Lesnar comes out. He f fives Seth Rollins and beats him. First thing, boom. Then he f fives. Uh, Riddle beats him. Then he F5s uh, AJ Styles and beats him, and it's just him and Austin Theory left, which is hilarious because Austin shit. Theory's looking at him like... And then they start running around the entire thing. And then Lesnar's got to catch him, and then he low blows Lesnar. DDT's Lesnar gets a one count, and then Lesnar's getting up. With his Les- Can I just say, Lesnar is so entertaining now. More, like way more than like 20 years ago his face was beat red <laughs> and Austin Theory sold that like shit <laughs> he was like a bull seeing the red flag so Austin Theory climbs up the side Lesnar chases after him pulls him off of it and F5s him off the top of the uh, elimination chamber pod holy shit climbs down drags him in the ring and pins him this he's dead <laughs> winner so, if that didn't happen, do everything the exact same, except, so originally I said, because, I mean, this is not knowing that Bobby was was injured, the last three would be Bobby, like, you'd have Lesnar eliminate everybody except for Seth, Bobby. Those are the only uh, like other two guys in there. Lesnar... Is it keeps throwing uh, Rollins around, but Rollins keeps getting in there, but really it's the battle of the of the two bulls, right? Trying to one up each other. And it ends up where Lesnar gets an F5 on Lashley and then a stomp from Rollins that beats Lashley. And then it's like, Oh crap. Now it's Rollins playing the cat and mouse thing. Then you have Roman screw Lesnar again, where then it's like all of a sudden, Say that pod's broken. Through the broken pod or through the door, in comes Roman Spear. Boom. Superman Walks punch. Away. Boom. And Fist then, bumps Seth. Well, and then Seth is just staring at him. And and then he just looks at him and gives him a little just just even a nod. And then he stomps him and then Seth wins. And then you could go into the WrestleMania with Seth as champ. Anyway, that's not happening. We get in Lesnar and Reigns. That's the main event. Will uh, they unify the titles to have one title? No. I think they will have Reigns win the title to slay the beast and the ghost from his past, which he didn't beat. This is the third time we're getting this match in the main event of WrestleMania. This has only ever happened one other time. Two times, actually, for a match to go a, a, a 3B. Austin Rock got two got two main events, and then their 19 was not the main event. It was it was one of the main events. It was like a four-main event show. Yeah. Um, and then Triple H and Taker had three. Uh, 17 and then the back to back 27 28. 
But as far like this match will be main event thirty one, which got interrupted by Seth. Main event thirty four. Lesnar wins that. Now here we are. I think Roman gets his win, and he and, and he's standing and acknowledge me. I have now slayed the beast. I am the most dominant superstar in the history of ever. I think they're still heading and hoping for next year. And and if I'm WWE, I'm keeping the belt on him the entire time. I'm keeping both belts on him. Maybe you find a way for him to get rid of one of them. The most dominant champion in history. Yes. You could call him. And then the main event of WrestleMania 20 or 39. Goddamn. Him and Rock in Hollywood. Number one, you're getting the Rock's name. Massive buy rate or uh, uh, attendance and, and views. And also, the Rock's, F- the Rock's XFL is launching. Him coming in gets a, hey, come watch my XFL and all that kind of stuff. And then you have Roman beat him. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what do you... That, that's the only other thing that... That's the, way, that's the only thing that I can think of. If you do anything other than that, you kind of shit the bed with Roman. And then what I would do with Roman, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fantasy book out. Roman has beat The Rock at 39 with both titles. I'm off of your booking, okay? Okay. Next night on Raw, he shows up, both belts, suit and tie, walks in the middle of the ring and says, most of your heroes walk out here, got the title, they start crying. They're sad. They got to give it up. Their run cut cut short because of injuries, but not me. My run is unending, and I'm putting a stop to it because I got nothing else to prove. And he retires, leave the belts open, then you can start to build somebody new, mm-hmm. and he never really lost them. He gave it up himself. Give him some time to rest because he's had this very massive run where he really did sure. carry the weight of the company for two years. And then at like, say, a SummerSlam or a Rumble, when you are least expecting a Roman Reigns return because you keep it out of the dirt sheets and don't let anybody allude to it, have him return and it will pop. And then guess what? In that moment, he'll go from that heel that is over the top to holy shit this guy we loved seeing do what he did his back and now he is a face even if you align him as a heel right i mean it just if you end it the you can build somebody up to end it you can do that route even even before you get to the rock if you need to okay because I still feel like if I were going to do it, I would try to rebuild Big E for that. But it seems like they're done with Big E, and that's a big shame. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but seriously, it, it really seems like they that they decided to, to ixnay on the experiment with him and kind of lump him back in. And it's like I kind of feel like he was just trying to get started. He never really had a good run. And it, it, it just kind of sucks. So... It, I feel like he can be salvaged. But then again, you, I mean, if there were going to be a guy, if they're going to try and groom a guy to beat Roman, uh, who's it going to be? It's not going to be Tommaso Ciampa, not going to be a 38 year old dude. It's going to be like uh, the, you know, Big Papa Slump. Uh, or, you know, um, no, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't hate Braun Breaker. Uh, I, th- I think he's a talented young kid. Um, they obviously seem a lot, see a lot of money in him. He's got a great look. He's got his, he almost has his uncle's mouth. 
as far as the pro, he definitely is better. He has better promo skills than Rick. Um, by about 69%. <laughs> but when you're a genetic freak like him, it doubles it to, you know, 138%. <laughs> and that means he has a 99% chance of being 4%. <laughs> I don't know. Mania 38 comes to us uh, from Texas. We got the first Hall of Fame induction uh, for The Undertaker. Uh, you're in Texas. He's, he's Do you think he needs to be wrestling for like 20 more years before they should actually induct him? Dude, they inducted Edge after one year of being retired. You know, yeah, it was a joke. They inducted Eddie a few months after his death. I mean, if it, it, it is, he could be the only inductee that uh, for this year, and it would be okay. I, I know they're going to try and get a couple other guys, and of course, they made the courtship to Jeff Hardy. I guess uh, with that story, yeah. Mm-hmm. What that happened? You rubbed that cow the wrong way, baby. Dude, they they overreacted with that whole shit, and it that's a real shame because even for a second, I was like, oh shit, he fucked up again, you know. As it turns out, I guess he didn't. And, and then my favorite thing about that whole thing is that uh, Matt mirrored that on uh, Dynamite recently. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So okay, so WrestleMania, we got we we got the, the Hall of Fame ceremony. We have a two night event, only three matches announced, and for night one and night two, for each night they've only sold like fifty thousand something each, fifty six something, fifty. So the like the so the building is halfway full. Um, we have Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair defending against Ronda uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, one thing about Ronda's return. I think she takes this business too much to heart. Um, when the fans turned on her last time, I think she took it personal. Yeah. And when she got back, I, I, from what I hear, she, they had to have a little talk with her until, because she's a baby face and she's kind of has a grudge about them for booing her. And it's like, you got to roll with it. They booed Cena for 15 years and they chanted, fuck you to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like, only this past summer did Cena ever get real babyface reactions for the first time since his since his thugonomics run, you know. So, yep. so it's like just go with it, you know. Your babyface now, whatever. Then Lesnar, WWE champion versus Roman Reigns. That's the biggest match you can book. Unfortunately, it's a match we've seen before. Hopefully, they lay it out there. I think we're going to get a good match out of these guys. And um, will it be stipulation by the time we get to Mania? You mean like more to it? Hell in a Cell, ladder match, uh, no holds barred, buried alive. I mean, you can do any number of things with these two because it's a, uh, you know, um, Judy no Bag- finishers match. Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Yep, put Judy up on the pole. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, did you hear the rumor about somebody coming out of retirement for a match at Mania? I did. What do you think about it? Um, happy for KO, sad for the business. Why am I sad for the business, Brandon? Nine years ago, we could have had Punk Austin, Mm -hmm. and it would have sold more tickets, no offense, than a more aged Steve Austin with Kevin Owens. You know, my thing is, I don't think it's going to be a match. My thing is KO is going to come out there. He's going to talk all this shit that he doesn't have a match. He can beat anybody he wants and play the heel because he started doing this shit talking on Texas. And then the glass will shatter. You'll get a massive pop. Steve will come out on a four-wheeler, hit the ring, hit him with the stunner, 
chug some beer, stand him up, hand him beer, let him drink the beer, hit him with another stunner, you know, the and only, then leave. And that's the spot. And that's a little disappointing because they have an opportunity to tell an old school Steve story by ha- and, and and Owens can be this you know Owens can be one of the best heels in the entire company. We you, you and I both know this. He can outclass anybody being a heel. He's better as a heel. You know, just like the Miz is bad way the Miz is a face that just feels awkward. Like <laughs> just like what are you doing? Like no, he needs to be a jackass. That like that that's where he shines. If they're able to pull out like not 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 the what Steve Austin, not the uh, I'm I'm semi-retired, still coming around every week as a sheriff, Steve Austin. If they can pull out some of that 97, 98 Steve Austin promos out of him and let him go, you can have some real gold. You can even like recreate in a good way, not not as a not not as a glorifying all oh, this is a, 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 a like a shade to like like it's is aged badly you could you, you could try to do some cool stuff with it if he's able to go i think he should go i think you are right it would have been better 10 years ago but we're not but but you know but that ship sailed you know it, it's, it's the same reason you know and then would depending on the punk you have because the punk in 2011 would have cared the punk of 2013 even wrestling Steve Austin wouldn't have cared because he didn't care about wrestling the undertaker when you know when you have a dude who is who is disenfranchised he's not going to care and he's not going to bring what he needs to bring and then it's unfortunate because punk is so good when he's in it Obviously, the stuff he's been doing with MJF is is clear indication of that. When he's invested and when he's in it, it's fucking gold. His entire program with MJF has been gold. I, th- th- that is the one thing on a constant basis that AEW has been producing that has been great. You know, AEW has... My, I have some issues with, with, with AEW as a product because it's somewhat inconsistent. There's some great stuff, and then there's stuff like, why is this getting television time? It varies. Yeah, you mean like, uh, why did they do the big hoopla of having Brandy come out and face Dan Lambert only for them to then a week later leave the company? I think they're really gone. I don't. couple factors that lead me to believe that they're not. Okay, go ahead. Couple very very strong factors. First of all, you have had almost this entire year, the fans against Cody. Okay. Full stop. Right out the gate, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the neck tattoo or whatever it was. They're like, man, fuck this guy. So they're on that train, okay? And they decided that's where they're going. And then Cody said, no, 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 but I'm a good guy. And he kind of played the outlander character from the boys where he's supposed to be a good guy. But really, everyone's like, this guy's a fucking asshole. He's not a good guy at all. And Cody has bought in and sold and played in on that. And people want him to turn heel. And he's even like came straight up and said, I'm not going to or whatever. But it's all in the interest of him being the best heel. What makes him the best heel? What gets the fans to believe Cody Rhodes? is for him to sell them on shit. 
If Cody was going to the WWE for some sort of mania match, his ass would have been in Saudi Arabia yesterday. You would have seen him somehow, some way that last spot in the pod would have fucking been Cody Rhodes showing up to shock the fucking world. I think this is what Cody's doing. Cody made it very well known that he, as Cody Rhodes, would never challenge again for that AEW title. He really put himself in a really tight little corner, okay? Mm -hmm. And he's gotten to the point where he can use Cody Rhodes, the name Cody Rhodes on TV, and that's like a legacy thing, and it's beautiful and great, right? But who could challenge for the AEW title that on a technicality would make him a brilliant heel because, again, playing on the it's all in um, semantics. Cody Reynolds. <laughs> and I think that Cody did leave AEW and I think Brandy did, quote unquote, leave AEW. I think they're just taking a little bit of time. They're going to spend a little time with the daughter. Give her like six months of more parenting togetherness and all that. Let Cody really, really, really focus on that. And then I think he is going to come back with a vengeance because there is no way. Listen to me in my brain. I'm not thinking about like, oh, what's best for business right now and in the moment. My brain is thinking about the trauma and the other stuff that happened before we got here and Cody hating WWE and what they did to him, hating the whole Stardust thing. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously Vince has no use for Triple H now, so you're not going to tell the Cody Triple H story. That's not happening. Um, So, you know, Cody broke the throne. You remember? Mm -hmm. You remember the throne break? That was a big thing. That was a huge moment in wrestling. No one man, no company owns pro wrestling. We own pro wrestling. Cody said it. He's not going to turn his fucking tail and go right back to Vince. It's not going to happen. Everyone is expecting that to happen because Cody's playing the dirt sheets. Do you know who did this masterfully? Do you know who did this almost better than what I think Cody might do it? Matt fucking Hardy. In the Edge storyline, Matt's going to TNA. He's going to leave and go to TNA because he can't be around Lita. He's going to TNA. He's not been on WWE TV in weeks. Boom, he shows up and attacks Edge and everyone fucking marks out because he was a done deal leaving the company. But he didn't. He, he was plays released. the game. He, 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 he was released. And then and then after the after the bite this thing, where where he called in and that was not planned. Um, and then uh, they had to have a big set down talk with Adam Edge and Matt and just like everything was hey you know like let's do some business because obviously Matt didn't benefit from it in the end at the time no I mean he never ever benefited from that story. That, that, That's that, true. That story never benefited him. It benefited Edge because it built him up. Because what did he do just four months later? He was champion. I'm the champ. Yep. He was champion. Now, bringing him back, Vince saw that as a way to help build Edge. And and then he has his foil. Like, you know, Matt's the foil. And, you know, it, it it's, one th- it's one way or, or another. Could they be working the dirt sheets with Cody? Yes. I don't think so. I think what happened was money. And, and that's it. That's it. That doesn't mean that Cody could never come back. And do something. In fact, I think he would be a better heel if he went and spent two years in WWE being on their television, mixing it up with these guys. And then he comes back and says, I'm bigger than this company. 
I also could see um, Cody leaving for a time, right? Leaving AEW. And I think right now, what do you have? What's like one of the biggest uh, talking points in pro wrestling? There's a phrase that has become standard in wrestling now. Three words. The forbidden door, Mm -hmm. right? So the forbidden door, okay? I think Cody wants to kind of get away from that concept for him because he already kind of was the leader of the forbidden door when he kind of rounded everybody up and said, let's start our own thing you know, with the Bucks. I also believe that Cody has unfinished business with some other people and some other companies. He also is a NWA world champion at one point in time. And right now, you have one of the hottest names rocking the A the NWA championship in Matt Cardona, who has reinvented himself, become, you know, you said Lesnar's the biggest star. You said Roman is the best character. I'm gonna go out and say Matt Cardona is hands down the best fucking heel in the entirety of professional wrestling right now. He has made it so easy to hate him in every move he has made since being released from the WWE. He's okay. So I want to, I want to kind of rephrase what I said. I'm not taking back what I said, but be, but I'm, I'm laying it out from a different point of perspective. Sure. Does the casual wrestling fan even know who Matt Cardona is? The people who, who don't follow the dirt sheets, who don't read about what's going on. And they just I mean, see what's on TV. Do they? But know casual what he's wrestling fan. Here's the thing, though. Here's my. Here's my one. Like for the most part, I agree with that sentiment. Is if you're if you're if you're only looking at it from a people that just tune in to watch television, watching television, right? But what do I also know? We live in an era where social media is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I also know that Matt Cardona, FKA Zach Ryder, did the unthinkable and had a million. Twitter followers before John Cena did. Sure. I mean, okay. I'm and he has found count. a way to build his following to be beyond just the casual viewer. So I think there are people that probably regardless of where now it's easier to follow a wrestler when he gets released, right? Think about it. When we were kids 15 years ago, if the rock got laid off from WWE, we wouldn't have necessarily known if he was wrestling in new Japan at that time. Cause we, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Now you have the affordability to follow these stars. And I think that Matt's just one of those few guys that no matter what he does or where he goes, man, eyes are on him. I think he is and, one of the best heels in the business. And, and and I think he's done he's done he's the the shining example of what you should strive to do. And 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 almost he's doing it in a in, in his own way. The same thing that Drew McIntyre did when he got released. Just a total reinventing of yourself on the indies and proving yourself to the indie crowd. Because if you can if you can get over at an indie show, you can get over at a big show. Yeah. Pretty easy. And it basically get yourself over to the point where they can no longer deny how much you're over. And so they can't always keep pushing you down the card. Obviously that's worked very well for drew drew is he, he's not in a shining spot right now because who's the guy that goes after Roman after Brock drew drew does he beat him fuck you almost want him to or at least get one of them right 
But I mean that 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 just kind of counteracts my point from earlier, where I think they should keep Brock strong or not Brock. I'm sorry, Roman. But at the same point, no, like it, like the next guy underneath those two guys, as far as what the company sees as bankable, and guys who are going to not only show up and draw people captivating on television, but the guys who are th- there's another level to WWE that I think um, that AEW almost gets but doesn't quite get, and that's that mainstream accessibility like who's the guy who could sit down and talk mainstream with those people and i i thought cody was one of those guys obviously he had some some cross appeal uh you might have a couple of guys who can but unfortunately aew doesn't have that cross appeal to that level and it kind of shows in their popularity they're really big with diehard wrestling fans and then it kind of tapers off they get some eyes every now and again they have some great matches they have some great programs they have some really big surprise reveals, but you're definitely like here and they can move up, but they have to have, they have to, you have to have more storyline cohesion with what you're presenting. You have to have better vision for what's going forward. You have to, uh, there is something that, that, that Paul Heyman said many years ago as to why UFC was the best professional wrestling product in the entire uh, this, this is like 10 years ago. It said UFC is the best professional wrestling product on the market because they're doing more of these three things. If you're going to run a promotion, whether it's wrestling, boxing, UFC, MMA, whatever it is, you have to do these three things and you have to excel at them and you have to be able to deliver your audience these three things. One, who is fighting? Who are these people? What are their names? Where do they come from? Two, why? You know, what are they fighting for? What like what's at stake here? Is it a title? Is it a personal issue? Is it a storyline? What is this? And you know this is something that WWE does every single time, and it's annoying, but it jams it down your throat because then you never forget it. There's a video package before every match on a pay per view. It lets you know why they're fighting. If you missed any TV, gives you a reason. Yeah, yeah, it gives you everything. And number three, why should I care? And I feel like sometimes on some of those three things. AEW kind of drops the ball because they are all they are a wrestling fans company and that is good we need that we they need just need it. to sprinkle a little more sports entertainment in there too though a little bit not a lot because it's awesome because now you have places where people can go and get jobs and work you know it was it a big deal that Jay White showed up on AEW yes who the fuck is Jay White to the American audience if you're a diehard indie fan you know who he is Daenerys Palin. Daenerys Palin. But yeah, you know, we we gotta you know we gotta kinda you know kinda gotta you know get there. AEW is it's I mean they're close, they're putting out good stuff. They have a good pay-per-view coming up around the corner. And uh, you know, that is a revolution. I actually have the card. I had the card, I got rid of it. I got rid of the card. AEW Revolution, of course, you know, like the best thing on their television has been the CM Punk and MGF storyline. We're getting them in a dog collar match. Cool little callback with that one. You haven't had too many of those. You know, I want to say I've seen more more, more bull rope matches than dog collar matches, but that's going to be pretty neat. So we got that one. Uh, We have uh, the big revolution, face of the revolution ladder match where Keith Lee showed up uh, versus Wardlow. There's the powerhouse Hobbs and a couple other people not to be determined for a future TNT championship match. Jurassic Express is they're going to defend their tag titles probably against. Uh, I mean, they're, 
uh, probably, a red, I mean, like, is Red Dragon going to be involved in that? What's going on with that? CM Puck and MGF, like I said. Uh, Britt Baker uh, versus Thunder Rosa for the title. And then, I mean, big match here. First first meeting in AEW. Adam Cole gets his first world title match. Adam Cole versus the other Adam. Hangman hey Adam Page for the AEW world title. Oh, Kitty. Kitty's on the show. Kitty. Kitty's right. Meowing in that microphone. What's up, Kitty? Pop, we have our very own first <laughs> podcasting kitty right here on JIW. <laughs> if you're watching on the video, guys, over either on the JIC uh, Incepticast or on the JIW YouTubes, you saw Nate's kitty hop up on that microphone and uh, sniff around. We're going to be wrapping up here on the show soon. Nate's not feeling too hot. Feeling a little under the weather. And so he had this is the second Daenerys Palin of the show. I mean, I, you had to think that some wrestling talk would be able to extend the show just a little bit, maybe another whole hour. You know, there's definitely some opinions. I wish Buckles was here, too, to kind of gauge his opinion about some stuff. But, of course, they are going to be back in full, you know, I'm not sure full swing, but in some sort of swing. Of course, it's the big time of the year. A lot of attention going on uh, from the wrestling business. WrestleMania season is always the best time for that because you get a lot of outside people looking into the business. And if you're anybody in the business, whether you're AEW, whether you're the NWA or or, or, or GCW or even Ring of Honor going to be starting up again around April, uh, you want to be on the forefront of trying to get some attention, you know, siphon some of these people over, try and make them sample your product and give them a taste of what you've got to offer. Um, man, I hope Nate's okay over there. Uh, Brando hopping in for the hot tag here. And uh, just the empty chair, the chair of emptiness. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, what do you guys think? Do you, th- do you think Cody and Brandy are playing the sheets and that he he's not really gone or do you th- I think he's gone I think it was money and I think he wanted that big pay and and the money's starting to get strapped a little bit with these big stars that Tony's been bringing in and I think I think that was most of it but I mean because we heard all the way going back into about a year ago that Cody's influence backstage has been a little bit different and uh, it that was predating some of this more stirring up the turning heel stuff, people booing him. And so I think it was just a matter of, Hey, I am, you know, not good. You know, this is see you later, not goodbye and go out there, do something, make a stir. And then when you come back, you'll mean even more to us because he could go to WWE or anywhere else. But just think about it. He's, he, he's a bigger name now than when he left WWE and it would be ridiculous not to put him into a main event spot. He could be one of those guys that challenges Roman and doesn't win, but challenges him or, or, or gets into the mix in the main event and, and makes a stir, has a couple of a couple of years of a highlighted WrestleMania matches, and then when he comes back, or maybe he does win a win one of those world titles, and then he gets that accolade. And if he leaves and goes back to AEW, is a massive heel star. Because he could go in there and just now it's a, another buttload of fresh matches, you know. He's the one guy who left, you know, and 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 and, and abandoned the revolution, abandoned the dream. But you know what? I mean, I definitely don't want to wrap up the show before Nate uh, Nate rolls back. But there wasn't really much else that I had to discuss. I mean, uh, 
Where's he at? Maybe, maybe, maybe the cat's gonna come back. Maybe, maybe the kitty cat will 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 roll back around. Um. Nice little pregnant pause there. Anyway, guys, yeah, thought we we thought you guys would enjoy a little bit of uh, of, of GIW here on the main show. And just know, unlike Buckles, I did not make Nate walk away and walk off the show. He did that of his own volition. He had to take care of some business. And uh, Buckles makes him walk off the show every time they do a show. He says something that just like takes it just one step too far. Like one step too far. Buckles is opinionated. As am I, as am I. But Nate, you know what? There's really not much else I really had to add, and I and I didn't want to end the show without you. Just note, Nate, while you were gone, the cat came up and sniffed into the microphone. We had our very own, our very first uh, hot tag from the cat. Try to take over spot. Which one was it? The smoky one, the the gray one. Oh, Gene Gray. Gene send. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, dude, that, that's about all I got, you know. Is Cody playing the sheets? Maybe, maybe not. If he is, it'll be good for the business. It'll be good for the company. Come back as a heel. If he's not, he could leave, become a bigger name by doing something else somewhere else, and then come back still and be a bigger name for the company. Either way, it's a win, in my opinion. I agree fully, bro. Uh, folks, just so everybody who is watching Journey into Wrestling knows, we will be coming back soon. We are going to keep the pretty much the same similar format. We've got a couple changes we're going to try to make. Um, it's interesting because when Buckles and I started doing the show a couple years ago, uh, after Brandon and I didn't do the show as much, Buckles kind of started this like someone to watch thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of his someones to watch have really paid dividends on where they are now so it's it's pretty cool we've got some stuff in the works we uh went to a live indie wrestling show yesterday that was amazing and there's lots to talk about uh so expect i would say within the next couple weeks even we're gonna probably have another episode out for you guys so i just want to thank brandon for coming on joining me for this one catch us up on some aew and wwe news and rumors and uh rounding that stuff up uh, are we switching it back? Are we taking it back to the other lands before we get out of here? Or are we just keeping it uh, casual as we float on? Yeah, either way. Land? You know what? Let, 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 let's just keep it on here. That way we don't have to cut the video and all that kind of stuff. We'll do the outro as per because this was an Incepticast of crossing over the podverse and all that kind of stuff. All right, folks. Well, as always, thank you all so much for both listening to Journey into Wrestling and Journey into Comics podcast. This was Journey into Comics 348 that's a lot of numbers happening all at once. Uh, but I just want to let you guys know, you can check us out on all the different podcasting platforms, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network or Journey into Comics. I'm sure you can find us either way. Uh, also, check out all of our different like uh, YouTubes and stuff because there are our video versions of all of our shows if you're listening to this and not watching it. And if you are watching this, uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTubes. Hit the bell for notifications and all that good jazz. Leave us comments. Share it to your friends. Hopefully, we said something that will make you laugh and escape your crazy, crazy world. Well, Brandon, I don't think I got anything else. You got anything else to add, my friend? That'll be it for me. All right, folks. Well, for Journey into Comics... 348 revenge of the hot sauce i've been nate i've been brando and as always pop your caps back 
and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.